Hello and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, Raylene, and me, it's Ariel. <laughs> Ooh, what an entrance. <laughs> Ooh, I'm here. <laughs> She's here, the star of the show. So yeah, we're back for hopefully another fun episode. I've had a hard time with some of the recommendations, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, the one that you did tried to kill me, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> So let's just jump right in. What are you currently reading? Well, this is a little surprising, Raylene. Um, well, in many ways, it's not surprising at all. Are but... you reading 10 things at once? <laughs> <laughs> That's my response to what you just said. You know said. what's funny? I kind of, I'm not, I feel like we really swapped roles right now. Yeah, that's true. Because you're reading a lot more things at once than I am. So I've gone off the rails. I guess I'm technically still reading Bloom because I never finished it. I oh, yeah. Just, I don't know. I, I honestly wasn't loving it. So I just wasn't like keen to pick it back yeah, up Yeah, I feel that. I do intend to finish it for sure. But um, yeah, I didn't read any more of it in the past week since we've talked. Oops. Um, but what I did do last night, basically, uh, I'm like, how much TMI do I want to get into on the podcast? <laughs> if you recall, like mm, a couple months ago, I mentioned on the podcast that I had started a new medication. So this mm. medication, I've never been on medication before. So it, it was very like, uh, like, I don't know, a frightful experience, you know, because you, you're messing with your body here. Totally. <laughs> so, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to Exactly. So um, I have... Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which just means my joints are in pain. And, well, no, it means a lot more than that, but mainly it means that my yeah. joints are in pain. And so um, a doctor recommended that I go on this pill. It's called Cymbalta if people want to look it up, just because it's, I, when people are really vague about stuff like that, I'm always curious and nosy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm in a lot of pain. I should try. So I tried going on this medication and it's really funny because when I first started going on it, I was really like, I felt really ill and there was a lot of symptoms and I remember mm. that. I think that's why I mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and now I'm going off of it because it didn't, it just kind of made me feel weird and it didn't help my pain at all. So I'm like, I don't want to be on medication if I don't need to be. So I've been going off of it and it's been the, now I'm back to the beginning again where I'm in like, I feel really nauseous and dizzy and I have constant headaches. Oh, gross. So last night I was so nauseous. I was just laying there and like nothing I did. I felt dizzy and awful and I was like, this is horrible. These pills, I hate these stupid pills. They're destroying everything. <laughs> They're destroying me. So all I wanted was comfort. And I was like, I want to read, but I don't want to read Bloom. I don't want to read, like, what do I want to read? And so I ended up picking an absolutely remarkable oh, thing by Hank Green. That's fantastic. So I got all the way to page 55, which, like, I just read it while nauseous. So I didn't <laughs> expect to get past page 10. So I'm surprised, actually, at how far I got in. Yeah. I'm also surprised at how much has already happened. Um, yeah, that book is a whirlwind. This book is crazy. a whirlwind. It's There's true. never nothing happening. <laughs> no, it's I love that. It's so true. Um, so, yeah. So this is one of my favorite books. It was my favorite book that I read from two years ago now. I think that's when it came out. Mm -hmm. um, I remember being really interested in this book when it came out because I've been watching Hank Green for like a decade. I um, am really interested in his other projects and obviously just also just pure curiosity. Like what does John Green's brother write? Like, you totally, know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a, a curious thing. Um, but also once I heard about the synopsis, I was like science fiction, internet fame, like woman in her 20s I was like it's perfect it's perfect for me so yeah I remember being really excited about it but I do definitely remember not thinking like this is gonna be my new favorite book or of course, I just thought yeah. I'd like it but yeah. I 
as people know, I love this book. It was my favorite book that year. I wish I like I've recommended it to so many people in my real life, which to me is a sign that I really like a book because um, when I talk to internet people, there's like certain books that I talk to, but talk about. But when I talk to like people that aren't really readers, yeah, there's very specific <laughs> books. Yeah, it is really different. There's really specific books that I recommend to them. And an absolutely remarkable thing is one of them because I know that they'll enjoy how fast it is and how exciting it is. But I'm also like, but you'll also learn about the treachery of the internet. Yes. <laughs> I'll sneak in some knowledge. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been thinking about rereading it uh because i want to but also obviously because the new one comes out in a few weeks and so i was thinking about rereading it but i wasn't like i don't think it was necessary but here i am i'm glad you're doing it i'm really glad that you're doing that because you've talked about wanting to reread it like a few months ago and i was like you should do that and now here you are (laughs) i'm really glad that i am i agree what are you currently reading well i as you already know i am currently (laughs) reading the parable of the sower by octavia e butler in this beautiful edition that we both have. Can we both agree that it's really hard to say that last word? Is it sour, sour, sour? I don't know. It feels like it's like I'm I not think, saying it right. No matter oh, what yeah. I say, it feels wrong. <laughs> it feels wrong in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> it I think bad it's bad mouth feel. <laughs> I agree. I think it is sour, but it seems like it's not a word, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. It also doesn't look like a word now that I'm staring at it. Like, what, what kind of word is that? Anyway. <laughs> And this, um, as you guys might remember, Ariel bought this for her pandemic book haul. Mm -hmm. So it is a little different, like you acknowledge. It's not really a pandemic book so much. It's more of like uh, a global climate change apocalypse type of thing. And so the world has kind of just fallen apart because of, you know, climate change. And there's economic crises and all this kind of stuff. So that's basically what it's all about. And I'm only like... 47 pages in so I haven't read too much and it's a little like you know it kind of just throws you in it's one of those books Mm. where it takes a little while to kind of get situated and figure out like what's going on what are the dynamics between these people but um the main character is this young girl I can't remember if it said but I think she's about 15 her name is Lauren and um so that's it's sometimes classified as YA but it's like definitely not this book is very dark yeah no this book is very very dark actually so far I'm surprised by how intense it is Mm. um I've heard it's heartbreaking (laughs) <laughs> oh well i look forward to that i i also have the sequel so i'll be able to read that hopefully right after i'm done this if i if i love it um but yeah so lauren lives with her family or i guess her dad he's a preacher guy <laughs> i don't never know what the right words are for these things um, is he a and, father or is he a pastor i don't know i don't know what he is <laughs> um but yeah so he and he's kind of like one of the leaders of the community because of that and there's like water is really in a huge shortage so it's very expensive Mm. and so at the beginning of the book he like her dad is wants to baptize some people and they're like well this is like is it worth it this is crazy what Mm. are we doing we're using our rare water um oh but yes there's that they also live in kind of like a walled city so it kind of feels like the walking dead honestly so far even though there's no zombies but they also talk about like being too scared to go out there and like the kids Mm. that live there don't know what dogs are so like they see a dog and they think Mm. it's the scariest thing in the world but like it's just panting like his mouth is open because he's panting it's not because he's trying to eat you and so it's like it's got kind of weird vibes and it takes place in i think 2024 is when it is like projected to take place so yes i think that's very interesting a tweet about that or something that was like we're about to come up on you know like you know how people love it when uh 
old books predict the future and oh, then we totally. already, and we have that year and it wasn't it's was like nineteen eighty four was fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But this one also from what I've heard from lots of different reviews and like blurbs on the back, people have been saying that like this book is one of the closest to like mm. what we're experiencing now. That's and scary. so I was like, what is going to happen in this yeah. book? I'm scared. Because there's also like a kind of corrupt political figure who just Uh-oh. became the president. And the main character is like, oh, we hate this guy. He's going to be bad. And it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. Like, it's it's just a little <laughs> bit spooky because there's so many yeah. things that are similar to our world now. And so, That's so interesting. it's a little freaky, but I'm really liking it so far. I just have been reading it very slowly. But That's really cool, though, because, I mean, I know that it, that book was on your radar, but obviously I was the one who bought it first. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I figured I'd read it first, but it's like you just bought it and started reading it right away. And now this is going to make me want to read it sooner, I think, because it's... I sounds so. really cool. Yeah, um, it is really cool. And also, this is not going to be important when the episode comes out, but yesterday was or would have been Octavia E. Butler's birthday. Apparently. Yes, I saw. I saw on And I just started reading socials. it yesterday or the day before. Oh, so wow, I was you're like, right. what are th- Yeah, I didn't do that on purpose. Oh, it was just like a happy accident. <laughs> but yeah. Gosh. Well, so it's kind of the good. the opposite of an absolutely remarkable thing in that like yours you got We basically both got 50 pages in. Yours was like really slow and like you're building the world slowly and I'm mm-hmm. already thrown in and like you're everything's just flown happening. In, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited to hear more about how that goes. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Definitely not for young readers though. There has been some <laughs> like dark content thrown in. I'm only 47 pages in and I've I've heard some crazy stories about things that are ha- like have happened in this world and I'm like That's holy so shit. I am, <laughs> this is crazy. I okay, so obviously and this is putting it so generally everyone take this with a grain of salt. I'm generalizing. But like obviously the world was fine and then covid happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so obviously this is a false premise because the world was not fine, but whatever. The world was pretty fine and then COVID hit and we all got stuck at home and we all got super stressed. Then the murder of George Floyd and obviously not just George Floyd, but that was the catalyst and Breonna Taylor and all these people um, were murdered and we all got even more stressed. And I was kind of like, how much stress can a person take? And then last night I watched the first episode of Blue Planet 2, which is the (laughs) documentary about the oceans. And obviously it's... What I'm trying to say here is I forgot that we needed to care about climate change, too. Right. It's just like there's so many things (laughs) that are falling apart. And it's like literally my human brain cannot handle them all. I know. And like I'm it is interesting that COVID has in some ways made us be really good to the environment. Um, yeah. Because like, obviously no one is flying. Well, some people are flying, stop flying if you're flying, but like no, <laughs> basically no one is flying. People aren't like going on road trips or driving unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And hopefully people are staying home more, which means like less of the stuff that needs to be making garbage out in the world is happening. Um, And I live a pretty sustainable life. And so I I feel like that's kind of why I was able to sort of like forget that I had to be good to the environment. But like Mm -hmm. I was watching this documentary. I was like, how are we supposed to fix all of these problems? (laughs) Holy shit. It's so (laughs) It's too much. It's too much. Um, So yeah, anyway, I just thought of that because you were talking about the book and like climate change. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Don't remind me. (laughs) (laughs) to fix that one too. (laughs) Oh man. Well, did you, so I I bet you didn't finish anything or did you? Well, that's very rude, Raylene, because I did. (laughs) Well, you didn't finish Bloom, so I just assumed. (laughs) I finally finished the audiobook for Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Otto Lodge. How was that? Yeah, if you remember, I kind of just wasn't listening to... I haven't been listening to any audiobooks. Um, I've just kind of... I don't know, man. 
I don't know. You know what I've been thinking, everyone? I'll have to go on a little tangent here for a second. I've uh, I've been thinking about going on a... You know how I took a week off of social media? Yeah. I'm thinking of taking a month off of social media. Oh my God, do I'm it. thinking of taking August completely off of social media. For a second, I we, thought you were going to say you wanted to take a week off of books, and I was like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. That's the whole point of the podcast. Um, you can't. <laughs> our careers down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, because basically that one a week, off of social media i now like two weeks later i forget how long it's been three weeks later whatever i look back on it like a perfect time yeah <laughs> i look back on it like a truly good deeply good time and i'm like i think i need to go back to that and i think i want to go even farther like even even darker in um and obviously we have the reading rush coming up which we're really mm-hmm. excited about and i love love working on the event so i'm not going to take july off um but yeah, maybe August, like after the reading rush is done, I can just like be peace, peace guys. You know what? I think I might join you. I've never <gasps> taken a break from social media, should but I might just it? go all in and take a whole month off. Oh, that sounds like a good God. idea. I think we should do it. Especially because it's during the summer, you know, yes. go out and just enjoy That's what I mean. the summer. It's during the summertime, but it's not like the whole summer or anything. It's just a month to be in the sun and read and swim. I don't know, man. Well, exactly, and it's not like lake, so it's not like I live. So, yeah, and it's not like I use social media like for for work or anything. Like I don't have yeah. to. I just do it because it's there. So exactly. like, there's no reason for me not to quit it for a while. I Let's do, do it, it as man. my job, but I will schedule some videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can make it work. We can schedule some Instagram posts for I think the we books do, unbound. Instagram. We should do a hashtag. What if we do it with like with the books unbound community? Some people could join us. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, got to come uh, up with one right now. Hashtag. Books Unbound Offline. Hell yeah. Boom. <laughs> Let's so see how you, many books we can all read. That'll yeah, be like a fun challenge. I mean. Okay, so everyone, if you want to do it, definitely let us know. It's not a readathon because I don't want to do any challenges, any pressure, nope. no TBRs or anything like that. But um, if you want to pick out some books that you're going to try and read then and stuff, that would be really fun. And I'm, you know, now that I've said it out loud, I kind of feel like I have to commit. <laughs> Absolutely. I think what I'll do is I'll make maybe one Instagram post the day before August 1st, just saying yeah. I'm going dark. Yeah. This is why. Hashtag books on unbound <laughs> offline. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I think it's really positive, though. I think, um, I mean, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago when I read those other books about being offline, but yeah. I think that it's dangerous to use tools like this without having breaks and without really understanding why you use them like what you just said is really relatable to me too like the main reason i use them is because they're there and i'm like that's not a good reason to use no not at <laughs> like, all yeah so i think this could be really good and and even more so and more relevant to the podcast is the one of the big reasons i want to do it is to read more you know like i miss mm-hmm. reading and that one week i read so much and lately i've been reading nothing um and what's anyways, fun is we'll still be recording yeah. the podcast so we can talk exactly. about everything we're we reading can do our updates <laughs> we can do updates it'll um, be insane yeah but i finished the audiobook for why i'm no longer talking to white people about race i thought it was really really strong I'll give it a four out of five um i don't <laughs> I don't think that it was particularly like saying anything brand new, which okay. is why I wouldn't give it five stars. Um, but the audiobook was really good. It was read by the author and she put together a really in my important, a really good starter. I think that's why it doesn't feel like a five out of five star book for me. It yeah. felt very much like 
all of the sections were very important and I did take away some new things, but it w- kind of all felt like things I'd heard before. So it yeah. felt kind of like a primer, which in many ways is super important to have and is, I think, what she was trying to do. Right? Totally. I feel like, like a lot of the kind of anti-racism racism books that are out there right now, there are a bunch that are like that, that are, you mm-hmm. know, just to get you started. Like yes, this is exactly. the first step on your journey kind yes. of thing. And if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for kind of a starter book to begin this journey of learning about anti-racism and about being black, in this case in the UK, but wherever you are, um, I think that this would be a great book. And I really recommend the audiobook because she did a great job reading it. And I, um, I don't know, I just really enjoyed listening to that audiobook. Even though it took me a long time, that wasn't because of her or the book. It was just because of me and my mental problems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, you know, it had sections on like, Um, race and feminism, race and class, history of um, being black in the UK and stuff like that. So it was pretty general, but I did find it really interesting. And and one part that I wanted, actually, I wanted to mention on the podcast, just because it was one thing that I haven't heard many people talking about yet. But basically, she it was at the conclusion. She was talking about like, white people often ask her, how can I help? Like, how can I be a good ally? What can I be doing to help? And I was, when she started talking about this, I got very excited because I guess I was like, yeah, I would love to have some, I guess, actionable steps to put it that way. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, the, the two most important things that she thinks people can do are number one, try and affect change, like positive anti-racist change in your workplaces. Because that's a place that like a lot of the um, inequality that we're talking about happens, right? And like, if you look at what we're talking about with uh, publishing paid me and um, what authors are getting published and stuff like that, like, obviously, if there was more advocates that are already in the publishing world advocating for black writers, um, it would make a really big difference. So that was really interesting. And then another point that she made was to never be just a bystander, like be a positive bystander. If you ever, ever see anything like slightly racist happening, make sure that you call it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, as she was explaining, there's a lot more for black people to lose when they do that on their own. Like when they're the only ones to be like, this is racist. Mm-hmm. Everyone just like, not everyone, but like a lot of people will say, you're just causing problems. You're just um, like fishing for problems. Yeah, but if calling other... the race card as yeah, people always yeah, pull stuff that out. Like, exactly, stuff like that. And she was like, but if white people join in, it, you have a lot of power in that situation mm-hmm. to be like, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting to hear those kinds of two things. And then, But then the third thing she said, she said to people of all races, <laughs> She was like, make sure to set boundaries and to, um, like, take care of yourself. Like, you cannot help dismantle the racism machine Mm -hmm. if your mental health is completely destroyed. And it's not that it's not going to be tiring and exhausting and hard and stressful and sad and uncomfortable. It is going to be all those things. But you also have to make sure that it's not becoming overwhelmingly so. Um, And she was saying like she suffered with depression her in her life. And when black people come to her being like, because she was like, black people never ask me, ask me, like, how do I help? (laughs) They always ask, how do I cope? Like, how do I deal with all of this? Which was really interesting way to like put those two things 
next to each other yeah and she was like yeah as a person who deals with mental health again it's important to like set those boundaries it's like if twitter is a bad place for you don't spend time on twitter and so basically she was saying that and i thought that was really really good to hear just because i've been seeing a, a lot obviously of protesting and activism online and for the most part I think it's really good but I've also been seeing some posts and stuff that I don't think are as productive as the people tweeting them out are trying to make them be yeah. they're saying things like you should never be resting and yes this is tiring because it's gonna be tiring it needs to be exhausting and I'm like well no you need to take care of yourself too yeah. um so yeah, so I thought that was really, really positive. I don't want anyone out there to burn out and be and then not be able to help at all. You know what I mean? Um, totally. Yeah, so I definitely took some things away from it, and I'm glad I read it. But yeah, what did you finish this week? Ooh, I actually finished a few things. So last week I was reading The Deep by Rivers Solomon, and I finished it. Oh, cool. Because uh, yeah. as I mentioned, it was very short, so I finished it like the next day. Yeah. Um, but for those who don't remember, it's the one about mermaids who are des descended from African women who were thrown overboard slave ships and it was so good like oh, so so good and what I really like too is that at in the afterward at the end of the book um because I listened to the audiobook so David Diggs is the narrator and he is also part of this musical group mm. called Clipping and the, his band basically made a song called The Deep and okay. it's about this story. This book came oh. after the music. And there's also another band called Drexia that has like multiple albums that are- So oh, is this like a myth? Not just the invention of River Solomon? I think the, the band Drexia, I'm pretty sure created the mythology first. Okay. I don't remember exactly how it went. There's wow. like an eight minute long afterward in the book though. So it explains it a lot better than I'll be able to. Very but complicated. <laughs> yes, it is very complicated. So it's basically like a triangle project where like two different bands and a writer came like together without like, you know, doing it on purpose like that. I don't really know exactly how River Solomon like jumped on board, but yeah. they basically turned it from just a mythology and a sort of story that's in song form and added characters to it and gave them names and gave them you know backgrounds and stories so i thought that was really cool and listening wow. to the music is really fun like you should everyone go out and listen to the song the deep by clipping and then read the book after i feel like that would be really cool because it it's really it was a kind of a weird song at first when i started listening to it but it like starts picking up and it's like a really like it's a bop as the kids <laughs> say it's a really fun song to listen I to and none of the kids say that it's a bop <laughs> <laughs> it's just me i just say that it's a bop as well the that's kids really say. good news because i just felt like you were gonna like that one and it would have been sad if you ended up not liking it yeah and i definitely want to reread it as soon as i get my hands on a physical copy because like we talked about last week it is one that's kind of like a little confusing almost to listen to yeah and so i gave it four stars but i feel like if i read a physical copy it would be a five star book because i loved it but like there are definitely some parts when i kind of zoned out a little and mm -hmm. missed a couple of important details probably and i feel like that took away from my enjoyment a little bit but i really enjoyed it so that one i highly highly hey, recommend that's awesome. and also there's a um there's a non-binary mermaid in there and there's like some lesbian mermaid action so it's a very like lgbtq friendly book also really so cool. it's a great thing to read around this time this pride time um and then after that i read long way down by jason reynolds the one that oh, I picked up not too long ago. Why do I feel like you had already read it? You didn't. You were just hauling it. 
I was hauling. I hauled it like two episodes ago. It was great. So yeah, this one is about this guy named Will and essentially his brother is shot and killed like the day before the book takes place. And so Will basically wants to get revenge and he is pretty sure he knows who killed his brother. And so he gets a hold of his brother's gun and is heading down you know, they live on the eighth floor. He's heading down in the elevator down to the bottom to go kill this guy. And while he's in the elevator, some weird stuff starts happening. I won't mm. tell you anything because it's very interesting to just experience it as you go. But the whole story takes place within a, the minute that he's riding the elevator. Right. Um, I think that's crazy. Yeah. I know. At first I was like, how is this possible? But then when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, I see what's going on here. It's it makes sense when you read it. Yeah. So, yeah, this one was also really, really good. A super quick read. I've heard that the audiobook is pretty good. Jason Reynolds reads it himself, but it's written in verse. So I highly recommend reading it because some of the pages, like the way they're formatted, really adds to right. the feeling of the words. So I recommend picking it up. Um, I also read one more book. Ooh. Yeah, this one, I listened to the audiobook for You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. Oh, because yeah. everybody has been talking about this book and everyone I was like you know what has been is it good why is everyone reading it <laughs> yeah I thought it was pretty good I gave it four stars it wasn't quite five stars for me because it still just suffered from being like a cute YA book yeah. that I don't know it just I'm not that into YA anymore so I feel like every YA book I read will have to be four stars or less just because I don't connect with the teenagers mm. unless it's like perks of being a wallflower you know that just like transcends yeah, the transcends. high school that setting transcends. it transcends transcend. yeah <laughs> but um this book it was really fun and cute though it's about this girl named Liz Lighty who is obsessed with music um and her clarinet <laughs> she's in she's big into band and music and she basically is struggling to get into the college that she wants to get into because she doesn't have enough money and so she has to you know scrape together sponsorships and all this stuff and she finds out she doesn't get one of the big sponsorships that she needed to get in and so she's like oh my god my future is going to be destroyed like she wants to be a doctor she's got all mm. this you know all these hopes and aspirations and money is the thing holding her back and for some reason, becoming homecoming queen or prom queen, like, allows people to get some kind of money oh. in this book. I kind of didn't follow that part, but so she, essentially her friends kind of rope her into running to be prom queen. And Classic she is, white. you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I could see this being a teen movie for yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, that's what the whole story is about. You know, she isn't into that whole idea for the most part. She dresses plainly, kind of just, you know, lives her life, plays her clarinet, um, and is kind of just a, a nerd, which is great, obviously. But yeah, so it's about her trying to become the prom queen and the journey that she goes on. And also, um, she lives in like a small, I don't know if it's southern, I don't know. She lives in Indiana. And, okay. um, and I don't <laughs> know like, where, where, where is, is that she from? State? <laughs> yeah, I know that she's, yeah, she lives in a small community, basically, that is very anti-LGBT um, and she is gay. And so that's another part of the oh, story okay, is that yeah. she's hiding who she is. But then she, there's this new girl that comes to the school and she's like, ooh, maybe she's gay too. I can't tell. And so there's kind of like, you know, teen stuff going on there. Classic. So it was fun. I this It was only like five hours long, I think. movie I want to see. Yeah, maybe exactly. Maybe not the kind of book I want to see. I <laughs> completely agree. I, I really enjoyed it, but I would prefer it as a movie. That's the perfect way to put it. Because mm. it's like, I would gladly watch, you know, an hour and a half of this. Um, yes, exactly. This is like Laura Dean keeps... Wait, nope. Laura Jean <laughs> in that other movie. 
<laughs> Lara Jean, but yes. <laughs> What's the name of the movie again? You to should... all the boys I've loved before. That's the one. To all the boys. <laughs> that kind of movie is like I love watching that stuff. That's yeah. That's candy to me. You know, hundred percent. But it's just like ooh, it, the drama. <laughs> yeah, reading it just doesn't hit the same way anymore. Um, yeah, I agree. I just have problems with that. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do on the YA book front, but I I still enjoyed it. So I think people who are really into YA will like adore this book because it is very like sickly sweet and you know has some good messages in there. So mm. yeah. It was cool. good. But that's everything I read. That's Whoa. that's the end of my list. Well, before we jump into book news, Raylene, Ooh. I have a surprise for you. <gasps> what is it? What is it? <laughs> I have invented a new segment. It Uh-oh. will only happen occasionally. CJ has to make a new jingle for it. <laughs> and it is called TBR Challenge. <gasps> I love this. So what I have in front of me is a TBR challenge for next week. Basically, I'm going to try and challenge myself to read these books before next week's episode. Multiple books. Okay. I'm intrigued. It's so ambitious because I got so excited (laughs) by this idea. (laughs) Okay. I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> that it got, it just, it just became so ambitious. It's so many books. It's not going to happen. But that's okay. fine because it's a TBR challenge, an I official see. Books Unbound TBR challenge. <laughs> so, basically, what happened was today when I was looking for book news, I saw that Death in Her Hands by Otessa Moshfeg came out today, <gasps> which I thought it was supposed to come out in August. I, Uh-oh. I don't, I don't know what happened. I think they kept changing the dates or whatever. Or I just got confused. And I was like, oh my god, I'm late. I'm now officially late. I'm now officially late to the party. You did the I thing was so excited for this book and I didn't read it. And I was like, it's become a mashed potato book. And then I turned to my shelves and I saw all of these mashed potato books staring me in the face. And I was like, I need to make things right. So I am challenging myself to read. To finish The Dreamers by Karen Thompson Walker. Good. Next year for sure. Oh, by good. Zoe Leigh Peterson. Yep. And Writers and Lovers by Lily King. I am aware for everyone listening to the podcast <laughs> that I have more mashed potato books than just these. But I feel like if I finished these boys, this would be a massive accomplishment. Well, yeah, because some of those have been on your currently reading shelf for a long time. Months. For months. Long, yes. long time. <laughs> and that's the other perk of this is that you're already partway through them. So you don't have to read the whole book. That's the thing. That's yeah. why I, w- I was okay picking like a couple because I was like, I, I've read already like at least a third of each of these. Um, so I am challenging myself to read these before next week. I will update on the podcast how it goes. Um, but yeah, from now on, I am now introducing this as a thing that we don't obviously have to do every week. It's just when you have a little TBR pile that you want to challenge yourself to finish in a week, we can do the TBR challenge segment. Yeah, and I can see myself having opportunities like that also now that I have started reading two or three books at the same time. Exactly. It's sometimes yeah. nice to be like, you know what? I want to read all of them and just start fresh. So I can imagine you doing a cat one. <laughs> oh, yes. I could do that. I could probably make that happen. Well, that was a fun segment. I love being surprised by it. That was great. Um, well, you talked about book news, and it's time for book news. So I've been really curious about what your book news is because you told me recently that you've kind of had it in your pocket for a while. It's true. 
And I'm so, really excited to hear what it is. <laughs> this is something that I saw on the internet a week ago, or like basically a week ago. And I was literally shook to my core. <laughs> and here's here's what's shocking about it. This news came out in 2018. Ah, what? So <laughs> it seems to me that I just missed it. But because I haven't heard anyone else talking about it, I'm like, did everyone else miss it too? Or Maybe. does nobody care? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. So there's a chance that you already know about this. But okay. what it is, is that Ernest Klein is writing a sequel to Ready Player One. Did you know this? Yeah, I knew that. You see, I I was shook. <laughs> I was absolutely shook because I was like, how has nobody told me about this? How did I not know about this? And the reason, I forget how I even found this old, old article. <laughs> so but funny. basically, um, the actress, Olivia Cook, this, mm. the headline is that like she starred in the film. Olivia Cook is contracted for Ready Player One sequels. And oh. I was like, what? And so I read this article and basically it explained that she signed a contract for more movies, multiple. Whoa. Um, I didn't know that part. Yeah. So then the article goes on to say that in a live event, uh, like in a Facebook live show, Ernest Klein says, said, I can't talk about it too much, but there's no better inspiration for a writer to write, to return to a world they've already worked on when they're watching Steven Spielberg bring <laughs> that world to life. So it sort of seems like he was doing it a little bit because of the movies. Um, yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe he was already planning it beforehand, but... Yeah, because I'm pretty sure, I want to see, I, I added that book to my... Um goodreads when i first found out about it oh it doesn't have a title or a cover or anything because it's obviously like not there's close no to being information ready. about it no exactly but i added it let's see in yeah august 2018 so it must have been when that something maybe around that time that article I'm came shocked, out but i'm <laughs> and you know why i'm shocked why i'm shocked for multiple reasons one because armada was such a letdown to me Oh my god. Did oh, you ever yeah. read that? I book? never even bothered with that one. I was don't. like, mm, no. literally don't. No thanks. But secondly, because that book to me really did not ask for a sequel in any way. Like Ready Player One finished in a real finished kind of a way. Like it was done. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um it was like one like it was a crazy story like how many billionaires can you kill in a, in a series and then give all their money away through like what is going to possibly be the next it's going to have to book? be like something completely disconnected from the first one i bet it'll be more like a companion almost it'll be like here's what's happening to somebody else in this crazy mm. world like i don't know that's just my my off the top of my head my guess well it's like I'm why would like i don't want to read about wade this. i know <laughs> i don't care about wade anymore i want to read about somebody else <laughs> I'm sorry that you already knew about this news, but I, for oh, that's one, okay. am shocked. And I wonder if people around the world know that listen to Books Unbound. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. Well, my book news is a little more topical. It's about something that's going on right now. <laughs> you mean it's not two years old? What uh -uh. do you mean? <laughs> no. So I found out about this because somebody on Instagram basically sent a post to me and a bunch of other people. And they were like, dudes. If you want to find something that's better than Goodreads, if you want to stop supporting Amazon, you want to support an independent business that's run by a black woman, like check out this website. And I was like, oh, those are all things that very much intrigue me. <laughs> and so I looked into it and 
there's this website, it's called The Storygraph. You can look them up on Instagram also, the.storygraph. Um, it's in beta right now. It's a website that is basically different Goodreads. So it's another mm. book database essentially, but it's more based so far, at least that from what I can see on giving recommendations, which is mm. the thing about it that I really like. Um, when books are added into it, people click different moods that the books have and different, you know, is it slow paced? Is it fast paced? Is there a good character development? Are the characters, you know, bad? Like there's all these different things that you can review when you review a book. And then, then when you go to look for a book, whether it be something that's already on your shelf or not, you can sort them. So I today mm. looked at my to read shelf and I was like, hmm, let's say I wanted to read something dark. And then it just pulled up all of the books on my to read list uh, that were dark. But you can do multiple moods. You can right. say I want it to be fast paced. I want it to be this. So you can make super specific recommendations and then yeah. it'll give them to you. So I think that this is really cool. I think it's worth checking out if you are curious about you know, book websites that aren't Goodreads. Like I said, it is in beta. Um, and if you go on their Instagram, actually, Nadia, who's the lady who started this company, um, she has like a, a Q&A that's like an hour long that she did on Instagram Live. So if you want to learn more, you can definitely watch that. Um, cool. But yeah, I think it sounds super cool. And she, they're hoping to have it fully released, like not in beta by January is kind of the goal. So okay, cool. for the time being, they're just kind of like gathering data, you know, getting mm -hmm. feedback from people who are trying out the beta website. And yeah, so I think it's worth checking out and you can import all of your Goodreads data into this website. So there's no excuse not to do it. <laughs> it's basically what I'm saying. So yeah, so far, That's very I haven't cool. I haven't played around with it too much, but I think it's yeah. a really cool way to get recommendations. So yeah. yeah, it's cool to see the different ways that we can like share our books online. There's a lot of different cool like their communities outside of just like using a hashtag on Instagram or, mm -hmm. or using Twitter like there. It's cool to see all these different websites doing cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to branch out like I've been very vocal about how much I love Goodreads, but it does have its issues. And mm -hmm. I can admit that there are ways that it could improve. And so I don't know. I'm going to try some new stuff out. I can't say that I'm going to commit to completely switching over. Yeah. Because uh, there are some things about Goodreads that I need. <laughs> and I just can't quit it. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But I uh, just wanted to share that for people who hadn't heard of it yet. That's cool. So, yeah. I guess it's time to jump into recommendations. I was like, what's the new segment? What segment is coming next after book news? <laughs> so well, how about you read your recommendation yeah, request first? So we had a similar one. Was it last week? I think, I think it was last, last week. week, yeah. Um, and I think it's the one that I also chose. Maybe yeah. I just really am desperate for books about summer. But uh -huh. um, this one comes from Madeline. She asks, hi, friends. I'm looking for a fun summer book that has a strong appreciation for or set in nature, preferably the forest or by water. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, that's just so specific. Yeah. Ideally, young adult or new adult contemporary. So last week we we answered a quest a recommendation request that was like for um just a book that gave us summer feelings. Mm -hmm. But this feels different because it's like a summer book that's about the outdoors and nature. Yeah. And I had the perfect book for this. So that's part of the reason why I got really excited because I literally mm -hmm. have the perfect book for this. And I was like, I I really have not gotten to... I don't think I have talked about this book on the podcast before. And okay. I actually haven't heard that many people ever talk about it just 
in general and i think that it's a real it's a good one it's not okay it's not a favorite of mine it's not like five to five stars but i still really took something away from it and it mm-hmm. is the other side of lost by jesse kirby have you heard of this one i think i might have but i've seen a different cover i think mm, okay so this book came out only like two years ago i want to say i really for some reason think it was like 20 yeah 2018 um it is I mean, I guess in a, in, in a very solid way, it hits one of my favorite genres. And it's when the uh, how the internet affects people. Um, okay. But basically, she is an Instagrammer. I think she's 16. Um, sh- and the beginning of the book is literally the spookiest thing I have ever read. Because she's like pretending like she makes a beautiful breakfast and she takes a photo of it and posts it on her Instagram like Mm -hmm. you know like a chia seed bowl or something yeah and then she doesn't eat it because she doesn't want to gain weight so she just like but she takes photos of it to like look aesthetic and then she like has a fake boyfriend that they post photos about each other um to make it seem like they have a dream relationship but they're not actually dating anymore and like she's living this really horribly fake life online yeah um and so you kind of see this at the beginning and you're like, oh, who is this person? But then you realize it's all of us. Maybe it's like kind of yeah. exaggerated, but it's all of us just sharing like our lives online and feeling like we're constantly performing. And the catalyst of the book is that she was supposed to go on a like camping trip with her cousin and her cousin dies and passes away. Oh and God. I forget how she passed. I think it was like a car accident or something. And so what happens is that her cousin's camping equipment or like backpacking equipment um is given like bestowed to our main character Hmm. and so one night the main character is kind of thinking about like what am i going to do with my life because i hate my life and everything's horrible and she goes online she does a live show uh where she just rants about everything. She rants about like how fake the world is and how in social media is horrible and how she feels like a fake. And she like tells all of her secrets. Like I don't actually have a boyfriend and I don't actually eat that food and all this sort of stuff. And the feedback that she gets is horrendous. Like people just tear her down, say that she's horrible. And because of that, she decides to hike the PCT. She, oh, cool. de- um, so it's kind of like a young adult version of Wild yeah. by Cheryl Strayed. Um, but it's about kind of disconnecting from the internet and reconnecting with nature. She makes friends on the trail and she learns about herself and she, you know, obviously sleeps outdoors and stuff. So it's very nature focused. It's, it yeah. is all about hiking and spending time in the forest, but it's also about like reflecting on why nature is important and why we need to like not live our lives online and stuff. Um, I really enjoyed it. I gave it like four out of five stars. It wasn't perfect. You know, it, I think it had a bit of the inst- the insta love disease. Oh, it happens. <laughs> um, but it kind of like it's hard to escape it in way sometimes. But I yeah. think uh, outside of that, it was really cool, and I think it was really unique, and I really love the cover. Actually, I think it's really yeah, weird. It's cool. Um, yeah, it was so a that perfect was recommendation. Thanks, I man. that was perfect, and now I'm super embarrassed about what I'm about to recommend. Ah! <laughs> okay so earlier i mentioned that your recommendation yeah. tried to kill me you and said this was a nightmare it was a nightmare because i couldn't think of a book that i had read that i hadn't talked about yet and so what i ended up doing is i picked three books of course <laughs> one that i haven't talked about one that i have talked about and one that i haven't read 
<laughs> and Go the one that on. I haven't talked about, honestly, is stupid and I probably shouldn't even talk about it, but I'm going to now because I'm already here. And it's all about protecting the environment and animals. So I thought it was worth talking about. And that yeah. is um, Hoot by Carl Hyacin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're laughing. I don't know why that's funny. What's wrong with Hoot? Do you know Hoot? No, I don't. (laughs) So Hoot was a really popular book when I was like 12. Um, So like it was like a cool middle grade book back when I was 12. They made it into a movie. Logan Lerman was the star and he was like 12 years old. But basically it's about um, this place. I don't know what place it is, but they're trying to build like a new pancake house or something. But it's on like a place where a bunch of owls live like burrowing owls Mm. and so um logan logan lerman's character i don't know what his name is and a couple of other people basically start like protesting this pancake house roy roy thanks thanks for looking it up for me (laughs) so it's all about these three kids basically trying to enact change and you know try and protect the natural wildlife and protect the environment kind of thing so it's a great story like that it's definitely more uh middle grade than young adult which is why i was like this is stupid but it was all i had like it was all i had and then i started digging a little deeper and i um came up with another book that i have already talked about but i'll mention it again read any other books about nature since like I know. it's been it's been apparently 12 years since you read a book set in nature <laughs> no i have one more i've just already talked about it <laughs> i just feel like it's like i don't know about that many books that are about nature i googled this like books fiction I books googled. about nature i had to google it and there were so many that i'm like what like there's not even that many on this list i don't know anyways the next book i picked that i wanted to talk about is into the forest by Jean hegland so this one okay. obviously yeah. does take place in a forest. Um, so for those who don't remember or who haven't heard that episode, I'll just give a quick summary. This book is about two sisters and their dad who live out in the middle of the woods. It's near future. And so technology is a little bit advanced to where we have it now. And so the girls, like the teenagers, rely on it quite a lot. And then one day the power goes out across the entire world or all of America, whatever it is. Suddenly the power <laughs> is out everywhere. So they, people aren't connected to each other through the internet anymore. You know, people aren't able to do all of the internet-y things that they normally would, or even just, you know, have the lights on in their house. So it kind of changes people's lives and they end up having to spend their time outside in nature quite a bit. And so it's about people who are, similarly to your book, people who are very used to having technology right. and are very used to being yes. connected, being forced to go outside and, you know, try and gather resources from outside because this is kind of like an apocalypse book in some ways because the world goes nuts. People start, you know, attacking stores and stealing all the gas and stuff like that. So then people are just kind of forced to survive out out in the woods on their own because that's what they got to do. So it's great. I really love this book. Love the movie. Um, It's very foresty and beautiful. So I highly recommend that. But I figured I should recommend something else that isn't either stupid or something I've talked about before. (laughs) So I decided to um, take a a note out of your book and just recommend something I haven't read yet. I think it's something we should normalize on the podcast. (laughs) I quite enjoy it because it's like this book might be the perfect recommendation and I just don't know it yet. And this is a very popular book, so it may already have been read for all I know. But that is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. I thought you were going to say... Wild by Cheryl Wild. <laughs> that would have been horrible if that's what I picked. No, so Where the Crawdads Sing, this was probably the most popular book of last year. Every single book club 
read this book. Um, you know what's really weird? I don't know anyone who's read that book, but I see it all the time. Other than, yeah, yeah like, I don't, I don't know anyone who, like, has read it. But it's so big. Yeah, it's huge. When I worked at the bookstore, it had so many requests on it because it was a used bookstore and we never got copies of it in. Like, it was... Every single book club was reading it. Nobody was giving up copies of it. And actually, I've lent my copy of this book to two people that I work with now. And so they're like, you have to read it. You have to read it. That's, good. That's um, so funny. So they read it before you read it? Yeah, yeah, because both of them so had funny. to read it for their individual book clubs. And I've Ugh. lent it to them, and I just haven't read it yet. Um, and I don't really know too much about it, so I'm just going to read the synopsis quickly here. Okay. <clears throat> For years, rumors of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barkley Cove, a quiet town on the North Carolina coast. So in late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kaya Clark, the so-called Marsh Girl. But Kaya is not what they say. Sensitive and intelligent, she has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home, finding friends in the gulls and lessons in the sand. Then the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved. When two young men from town become intrigued by her wild beauty, Kaya opens herself to a new life until the unthinkable happens. So it's like a coming of age story about a girl who lives out in the wilderness. <laughs> she lives outside alone and it also is a murder mystery. So I'm very intrigued by all of that. It sounds um, like it fits in. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Because it's like, from what I've read, also Delia Owens is, I think, a zoologist. Like she's written some Whoa. other books and they're all nonfiction books like about animals. So I feel like she is the perfect person to write a book that's about nature. Apparently the writing is very beautiful and like lushly describes like the water and like all the nature and stuff so some some complaints i've heard about this book is that it like talks about the nature too much so i feel oh, like this perfect i feel like this might perfect. be a, like the perfect pick for this so it is adult <laughs> it's not a young adult or new adult but it is about what i assumed she sounds like she would be a young main character but maybe not just because she she's called the marsh girl she sounds like she'd be young but right. i don't know I don't know anything about it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really I curious to read this I still think you did a good scene. job, Raylene. Thank you. Well, it's funny, too, because one of the ladies that I, I lent this to recently, after she finished it and gave it back to me, I was like, oh, how did you like it? And she was like, it was really good, but I didn't understand the ending. Like, the, understand oh. the ending was really weird, kind of, is the vibe I got. So I was like, oh, I'm really intrigued to read this now. She said, I didn't get it. <laughs> So I've I'm, been there. Yeah. I've been there. And I haven't read a book like that in a while that kind of stumped me. So I'm like, hmm, I might that's have to really read this cool. one soon. I'm very curious. So that's that's what I did. I hope some of those recommendations worked. <laughs> I think I think we got it. I think we did it. Uh, what was your recommendation? Oh, yeah. I forgot that there was more to this. I thought I was done. <laughs> I feel worn out. I just recommended three books. Um, so my recommendation comes from Madison, and she says, I always loved reading, but recently I've been getting more into it, and along with that, I'm feeling pressured to read the classics. Do you have some easy-to-read classics? Do you feel similarly pressured to read these kinds of books from the book community? That's a good question. Good, good recommendation. Request. I like good that. Question. I like that we now have a little topic to talk. Yeah. About. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you want to talk about it first? Like, do you do you yeah. feel pressured to read classics? Do you think the book community like tries to get you to read classics more? That's really interesting. I actually don't. I would say that the book community online pressures me to read YA more yeah. than it pressures me to read classics, honestly. That's true. I feel like in real life, book interactions are more classic based. Yeah. Like I used to work in a bookstore and people would always, like there were some customers that would come in and be like, so what kind of books do you read? And when I would tell them, they'd be like, what, you don't read classics? And because it wasn't one of my top five genres, I was like, no, I prefer to read graphic novels and fantasy. Um, so I feel like in real life, I get more, you yes. should read more classics or yeah. why aren't these your favorite books kind of thing. When yeah, people ask I me think... what my favorite classic is, I'm like, well, 
the great gatsby that's all i have like, that's the best <laughs> that's what one. i have for you ma'am yeah <laughs> um yeah i think booktube obviously skews towards young adult and for a lot a lot of reasons that makes perfect sense like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the people that are have the time enthusiasm etc to be making videos about books are younger people totally so it makes sense that they're reading ya and that's what they're mainly excited about um i i honestly do feel more pressure to like read the freaking city of bones books uh mortal (laughs) instrument series than i feel pressure on booktube to read classics i felt a lot of pressure to read classics during my degrees yeah Um, because obviously they're the history of literature and so a lot of the conversation and and it's what makes the conversations interesting is comparing them to other books so being like Mm -hmm. well i thought this was really interesting it kind of reminds me about the way that 1984 did this and that reminds me of the way that lolita did this and you that's how you have an interesting conversation right by basing it on all of these different historical concepts bouncing back and forth so Mm -hmm. if you haven't read those you kind of feel like an idiot (laughs) yeah i bet (laughs) you're sort of like oh what do i say here uh i haven't read othello but uh um however i don't feel i think i used to feel more pressure when i was younger i used to feel more pressure to read books um i don't really feel that pressure anymore when i was like a teenager and in my early early 20s i really did feel like we sound old we're 25 it's fine i know (laughs) um but like i did feel a lot of pressure to read new releases and to be like reading classics etc now i don't feel that pressure because i'm like i've got my whole life to read all of these books and if someone were to come up to me and judge me for not having read enough quote-unquote enough classics that person's garbage like literally (laughs) i don't understand what they're talking about because you don't know my reading experience you don't know like which ones i have read and which ones i haven't so Mm -hmm. um yeah i do what i feel instead is like excitement to read classics i love reading classics i think maybe it's because I literally did two degrees in it. And so yeah. I would have to like classics to suffer. Through I those. should hope so. <laughs> um, but for me, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's our book history. Like nothing that happens now in literature is happening in a vacuum. It's all based on what came before. And that is the case for everything, right? Like that's the case for computers. There wouldn't be the computers we have now if it wasn't for the horrible ones we originally had. <laughs> in like- It's true, it everything all... had to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And so getting to, but even more so in art, it constantly becomes reflected and remixed and reworked and like bettered and fixed and improved and tweaked with. And like when, when I'm reading a book and I see an homage to like the great Gatsby, I get excited. I'm like, Oh, it's history coming together. (laughs) I'm like, it's a full circle. We're all in this ecosystem and, and this sphere of like all caring about books for the last thousand years or whatever there hasn't been books that long but like well sort of debatable we won't talk about beowulf right now um (laughs) but like it's really interesting to me to like understand that history and know where books have come from and know what people cared about and like when i read a classic that's like from the 1700s and i'm reading it and i'm relating to it i'm like isn't that insane 
that yeah, I'm cool. relating to something that someone 300 years ago also related to. I'm like, that's amazing. So I love classics. And so I don't think you should read them because you feel pressured. I think you should read them because they're really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you well, have anything else to add. Thank you, Professor that. Ariel. I that was a nice... <laughs> man my emotions they got riled <laughs> it's true though that's a great lesson don't read them because you feel like you have to read them because you want to yeah i think that's great i feel like well which one did you pick well i picked two um because i couldn't pick between them honestly i feel like both yeah. of these are really great entry points um mm-hmm. mainly because both of them are about young characters so i feel like they're very accessible classics easy to cool. get into Taught in high school is the other thing. Both of these are usually taught in grade 10, grade 9. Um, first one is very obvious. To Kill a Mockingbird a by Harper Lee. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. I was like, it's literally a classic. That is the first thing you think when you hear To Kill a Mockingbird. And this one, I actually read it, mm, I don't know how old it was. I was maybe like 12 or 13. So it was oh, like okay. a little bit before I would have read it for school, even though we didn't read it for school in my so class. So like, you were closer to Scout's age. Yeah. Which is really cool because Scout's, what, like 11, 10? I think she's like 12. Yeah, the main character is a young girl named Scout, as you say. Such a cool name. Such a cool name. Oh, she's so cool. (laughs) I love Scout. And it's all about her and her brother and her dad. Essentially, her dad is Atticus and um, he's a lawyer. And what kind of is like the the plot of the book, if you you have to give it a plot, is that um, Atticus is defending a black man who is accused of raping a white woman. In, and mm-hmm. it's probably in the South. It's probably in the South. I don't remember. It is. Um, <laughs> it, of course, is. And so it's all of this from the perspective of a, like, 10 or 11-year-old girl. So you're seeing how Scout sees what's going on and how she reacts to everything that's going on. And it's a very good book. Very yeah, good. Very good. Is. I've been meaning to reread it because, like I just said, it's been freaking forever since I read it. I've only read it the one time and I was a kid, basically. So I really want to read it again. Oh, so you didn't read it again in high school? No, I didn't read it. Oh, so you think of this book as like a book you read as a kid. Wow, yeah. that's Isn't very that weird? That's a, that is kind of weird. It's like a very different perspective on that. Yeah, because, okay, when my friends were reading To Kill a Mockingbird, my class was reading the book that I'm about to recommend to you. Oh. And that is The Chrysalids by John Wyndham. Oh my god, okay. I'm really excited that you're talking about The Chrysalids because I have things to say. Well, actually, I would just like to tack on to To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. that I remember really enjoying it. Um, it's, it's a really good book, I think, because, like you said, the main character is so young. It's a perfect, easy classic to read. It's, mm-hmm. you're, the whole point is that, that it's from a child's perspective. Exactly. And so you're seeing things that are pretty complicated, like a rape case, um, be talked about in a very simple way because it's a child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's a great one. That's a great yeah, one. Yeah, also I think To Kill a Mockingbird is the reason I really like courtroom dramas now. <laughs> yes, I think honestly a lot of people maybe have that same experience. Have you yeah. seen the film? No, actually that's kind of hilarious, but I never watched it. Oh, that's so funny. So, uh, CJ, who edits the podcast, is listening right now, freaking out because he (laughs) loves that movie, uh, starring, it's Gregory Peck, right? Yeah, yeah, he absolutely loves that movie and made me watch it, and it's really, really good. I don't watch that many black and white movies, 
Um, but this one, I'm really glad that he made me watch it because it was really good. It's very powerful. And it is Well, like, you know like, what? Maybe I'll have to reread it and watch the movie before yeah, I see you guys in a you month. you should. <laughs> it really bubbles up to that courtroom climax where you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff. Well, anyways, back to the chrysalids. This yes. is another one that is follows young characters. So mm-hmm. this one is sci-fi and it's great so i feel like i wanted to give a couple of different genres because i don't know what madison is into classics yes. don't all have to be dry victorian but, yeah that's charles dickens and jane austen you know yeah. like there's so much more to it than that it's a problem with just saying classics it just kind of means old and still good <laughs> exactly like uh the chrysalids came out in 1955 and to kill a mockingbird i think came out in 1960 so it's like these books are like 50 to 70 years old you know they're old but not 200 years old but they're still classics i think because they've withstood the test of time they're taught in schools they still have something important to say now even Mm. though it's been you know 70 years since they came out so that's pretty cool um but yeah the chrysalids follows a little community of people that are very opposed to blasphemy basically (laughs) that's the way it's worded i was so excited about how you were gonna say it and it was better than i ever expected (laughs) yeah they're all very god-fearing and any little Mm. thing that is quote-unquote wrong with a person or most of the time a baby when they're born is like oh that's blasphemy that can't be tolerated get rid of it and so that's kind of the main theme that is woven throughout the book but the um, main character is a young boy his name is David and him and a bunch of other people that he discovers have this telepathic connection and they can talk to each other telepathically and he also like has weird dreams about cities and things that he's never actually seen before in real Mm -hmm. life and so that all kind of you know comes together into this kind of wacky crazy story and John Wyndham is like so weird his books are really strange i've read a few of his books and they're all super weird but super good so if you want to read something that's a little odd a little Mm -hmm. strange but still easily accessible because i read this in grade 10 so if i can do it if i could do it then you can do it now (laughs) that's what i believe i was assigned the chrysalids in grade nine Oh, and interesting. what's really funny is that in grade nine, I absolutely hated English. It was like my <gasps> least favorite class. I thought it was so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely think that that was the teacher's fault. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to tell you what I read in grade nine. I'm not saying that teacher like that teachers don't have a hard job. They totally do. But I also think we would be lying if we said that all teachers are good. That's not how the, it works. Right? It's there impossible. Are some, there are some <laughs> bad teachers out there. And... I don't know if she, okay, so other people had her for other subjects, and people Mm -hmm. liked her, like, she taught two subjects, English and drama, and people loved her when they had drama with her, so I was kind of excited to have her for English, Mm -hmm. and then everyone in that class was like, this is a disaster, we hate this class, Uh and that class, so maybe she just wasn't good at teaching English, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like trying to not hurt this woman's feelings that's not listening to this podcast and taught me English 10 years ago. She doesn't Whatever, lady. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a horrible class because like I remember the the Shakespeare that we read that year was Twelfth Night. Terrible play. I hate that play. Oh, but she made us listen to it on cassette tape. Like I swear to God, she would put these cassette tapes on and we just had like a bunch of 14. I was 13 when that class started. A bunch of 13 and 14 year olds sitting there 
not allowed to talk, not allowed to move, just supposed to listen to cassette tapes of Twelfth Night with British accent over a fuzzy radio? What are you talking about, man? It was a terrible idea. Um, But then we were the chrysalids, and I really didn't like it. And I think that the reason I didn't like it was because of the environment. (laughs) It was the class. It was, I really didn't enjoy that class at all. And so it was kind of like, I don't think you could have given me a book that I would have liked in that class. You know what I mean? And I think actually that's another really interesting, I won't go into it, but like an interesting thing about classics is that they often get tied to not enjoying English class in school. That's not what classics are. That is one thing that you can do with class which is like study them but like reading classics on your own doesn't have to be studious and unfun yeah and you don't have to be like looking for symbolism or looking for yeah. all these different things you can just read it as a book yeah and like when the writer wrote it they were just writing a book like writers are now they weren't like i'm writing a book to be studied in grade nine english no like that's yeah. something we've put onto it so don't let that scare you either but yeah anyway the weird thing about the chrysalids is even though i really disliked it back then. It doesn't make any sense because it has all of the categories of things that I would like. It's Mm -hmm. weird. It's dystopian. It's written in a cool way. Like on paper, I should really like it. And the other thing is that I think about it all the time. It's been like, (laughs) what what year was I was in grade nine in 2009. So it's been 11 years. 11 years. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so old. I think we're due for a (laughs) reread. But yeah, but I have, I think about that book often. I'm, I think about, cause yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, I guess, but like, yeah, it's very interesting. And so even though I didn't like it, I think about it a lot. So what happened and why I thought it was funny that you mentioned it is I bought that book yesterday. <gasps> oh my I, God. <laughs> I ordered it for curbside pickup from my local Indigo um, because on Friday we have to do our bi-weekly, uh, like every two weeks we go to Connor's library to get his library books. And yeah. so every two weeks I order books for curbside Uh-oh. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I should really reread the, the chrysalids and I, I just rebought it. So that's funny that you mentioned it. That is amazing. Well, before you jump into your recommendation, I just wanted to shout out that when I was in grade yeah. nine English. What was the book you read? I got to read The Hobbit. <laughs> <gasps> that's so cool. Because my teacher was also an English teacher and drama teacher. Mm. And he was a huge nerd. It was so funny. Our classroom was covered in, like, Spider-Man posters. And (laughs) and we just read The Hobbit. And then we watched the cartoon Hobbit movie. And then that was it. (laughs) It was just, like, a fun time. So I'm sorry you had a bad experience in grade 9 English. Thanks, man. It it started to turn around in grade 10. And then it really turned around in grade 11. Um, which is the book that I'm going to recommend. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I must imagine that Madison knew I was going to talk about Animal Farm. I don't know, man. (laughs) It had to be done. It had to happen. Right? I don't know. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, now we're just telling the story of Ariel in in high school English, but grade nine, I hated it. Grade 10, I remember going into it and being like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do English. This sucks. Which to me is such proof of how bad high school English is. If a person who now literally makes her money and career off of (laughs) books and loves books like nothing else, but to think that in high school I hated books, like I didn't hate books. I loved reading at home. Like I loved reading YA and stuff at home, but I hated what I was reading. Like that's so dumb. That that clearly means that there's something wrong there. If you yeah. can't even have me on your team, how are you <laughs> going to get people that don't read anything on your team? Um, they don't. <laughs> yeah, so grade 10 was a bit better. We read The Merchant of Venice, which 
Super good. Uh, we also read Lord of the Flies, which I liked. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I read that in grade 11. Um, it's so funny. Oh, your, that's your funny. school was advanced by around. a year. It's because I was in Ontario and you were oh, over yes. here in BC. Um, and we also read this book called The Sunflower, which I've never heard anyone ever talk about. It was about the Holocaust. It was super depressing. Um, wow. Yeah, that was, hard. that was a hard one to read. And then in grade 11, I had a teacher who was probably the best teacher I ever had throughout high school. To be fair, though, I just really didn't like my teachers in high school. Um, I went to a Catholic high school, so I have a lot of resentment for that entire institution. <laughs> That's fair. You guys. Um, yeah, so I, I had this teacher and she picked good books. I mean, maybe she didn't get to pick them, but she taught them really well. Yeah. We did Macbeth and we did Animal Farm. Nice. And this, honestly was I think the year that really changed my life. It was the, I read these two books and I decided to, instead of apply to school for commerce to become a lawyer, imagine me as a lawyer, <laughs> I uh, decided to study English and that's the year that I started my booktube channel. So kind of a pivotal year. That was a historical year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, of course, my favorite book of all time, <laughs> Animal Farm by my man, George Orwell. This is a book I read, I think I've read it like six times and every time that I read it, I am scared that it's not going to be as good as I remember. And every time it's better than I remember. Yeah. Um, the reason that I think it's perfect for Madison is because it's very, very easy to understand. It is only 94 or five pages. It is very straightforward. The characters are animals. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. And so it's the story of, well... It's two things. It's the story of the communist revolution in Russia told through this like metaphorical, allegorical, satirical thing. Um, but it's the story of a bunch of animals that live on a farm and they hate their owner. Their owner, uh, Mr. Jones, takes ter terrible care of them. He doesn't feed them on time. He forgets to milk the cows and he kind of like abuses them. And there's this one pig major who he has a vision for the future alien he believes <laughs> that animals don't need to be oppressed that if they were to rise up and take over the farm they could rule the farm in a way that spread equality for all and so um he passes away right after like sharing this dream he had he had it as a dream he shares oh, his dream with his people uh well with his animals and he <laughs> he says uh live like go 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 forth when the time is right do the revolution and basically it's a lot sooner than any of the animals think that uh, Mr. Jones is like an idiot again and doesn't feed them for a long time and they're all mm -hmm. really hungry. So they break into the food uh, stall stalls, they get their food, and then Mr. Jones comes out trying to hit them and stuff and they say, F this, this is when the revolution happens. So yeah. it was a riot, you know? It was uh, maybe even topical in a way to looking at how these, how protests happen. They, you don't plan the perfect moment. You just happen when the desperation is too much. Mm -hmm. um, and so they run this idiot off of their farm and then they run around in a bunch of circles singing their favorite song, Beasts <laughs> of England. And, uh, <laughs> and they proclaim the farm is theirs. And so the rest of the book is how power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can you read? Can you notice how many times I've read this book? Um, it's about, you basically you could probably recite it from start to finish. Everything honestly, maybe I could. Um, <laughs> next episode. Um, yeah. So basically, it's the story of how 
Um, they, they try and govern themselves and what happens and how they get corrupted. And it's about, um, taking care of one another. It's about living under a government. It's about being a citizen. It's so interesting and easy and fun and stressful. And the ending is ace. It is such a spooky ending. Like you, the yeah. last, literally the last, the last line, line oh you're just like, <gasps> you're just like, <laughs> oh my god yeah i remember putting that book down and being like shook to my core when yes. i finished it i was like what exactly exactly <laughs> that's awesome wow so i can't recommend it enough i love it to bits and uh it's especially perfect for someone who is trying to get into classics totally yeah i feel like any book that has been taught in high school is probably a good place that's to start. true actually that's, um, that's a that's a good call what did i read in grade 12 Oh, I forgot. I didn't do grade 12 English. Well, I sort of did. I did it online in between in the summertime. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I pretended yeah. to read Jane Eyre. <laughs> oh, you had to read Jane Eyre for class? That's horrible. Um, we read Of Mice and Men. Because we Ooh, had to do like a big yeah. research essay and all this stuff. So my teacher was like, I'm going to make your lives easy and give you Of Mice and Men instead of giving you like a huge, really mm. difficult to understand book. Cool, and so we read lucky. that. And we also read... Um, the Taming of the Shrew was our Shakespeare. Yes. So good. Yes. I, I love that, that we play. all just had a Shakespeare every year. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. We read a novel and a Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah. It was like, it was just like, of course, of course, this one author we must. gets <laughs> that much coverage. 50% of everything you read is Shakespeare and then we'll figure out the rest. That's hilarious. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. It's a little disappointing that we only got to read two books in an entire semester of English class, though. You'd feel like, I feel like there should have been more books. It's less hard. other it is stuff hard. there is what is it it's four months right it's four months yeah. kids are idiots <laughs> they can't focus it takes them a long time to read but they also had to jam in other stuff didn't they yeah, there's there like poetry oh po yes poetry and whatever like else some, we did a, a bit of grammar i think and essay writing oh so many essays oh man i'm having i'm having some flashbacks right now let me tell you <laughs> I remember oh. doing quizzes. Now that I think about it, how stupid are quizzes? <laughs> what the hell is that Why about? Why did we do that? Do you, <laughs> I remember having to do this quiz about, I guess it was about Macbeth, because it was in grade 11 and it was Shakespeare. Um, yeah. But I remember doing this quiz and it was like, you know, what character did this? And then it was like, I had to circle one. And I was like, who cares? <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> arbitrary yeah this isn't making my brain thrive oh, at all <laughs> guys stay in school but don't let it be your everything <laughs> it'll be much better after <laughs> i promise i swear to god you could read any classics you want you don't have to read lord of the flies <sighs> did you like fun. lord of the flies i like it i think it's good i it's like a three out of five stars for me like i like yeah. it but just barely <laughs> It's something I really want to reread it because oh, I'm me interested too. in seeing what I think about it now that I'm not 15. Exactly. That's the thing. I read it when I was really young. I think yeah. I read it twice. I think I read it before I read it in school and I was like, mm. what is this crap? And then I read it in school. I was like, okay, it's slightly better than crap. Yeah. I kind of like it now that I've like thought about it more and I'm a bit older, but now I'm much older. I'm like 10 years older. Oh my God. Now I'm old. Uh. Yeah, my, maybe uh, it'll it'll hit different. That's for sure. We should, just re we should reread all of the high school classics we had to read. Yes. That's a fun project. Hmm. Yeah, that is a fun idea. Maybe in August. <laughs> maybe in August. Uh, 
yeah, when we're when we're just taking all our time off, we can just <laughs> reread the high school curriculum, have a lot Why of fun. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Summer vacation, let's read school books. Oh man. Well, That's hysterical. Everyone, exciting news um that we've mentioned before. The reading rush is only weeks away. So if you want to get some that one, I don't know why I just hardcore segued into this. Just like, do it. We're just, almost like, out of here time. anyway. We're um, on our way out. <laughs> if you want to check stuff out over on the readingrush.com, this is the moment. Our merch is up and um, details are coming out soon. We'll be announcing the reading challenges soon and other fun things. So look forward to that. And we're going to have a special episode for the Reading Rush on the, on the podcast. Too. Oh, yeah. Also... Um, we are going to be spending the week of the reading rush together because we have to run it together and we're hoping to do something special for Books Unbound. Um, yes. so yeah, so look, look forward to that. <laughs> I don't know what it will be yet, but we're, we'll do some. If you have suggestions, please. <laughs> yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. Well, that's the end. We've reached the end. That was a fun episode. I yes. love it when we just have a lot of fun, which Today... is most of the time. Yeah, today was a really good one. We we chatted. I love chatting. Me um, too. <laughs> we should have a segment called Let's Just Chat. <laughs> Let's chat. Two What's on your mind today? Yes. Um, today's exciting though, everyone, because we have an outro for the oh, first yeah. time ever. Raylene, take it away. We're, we're trying something new, guys. <laughs> Here goes. This is so I can't mess up the end of the episode. <clears throat> this has been Books Unbound with your hosts, Raylene and Ariel. This episode was edited by CJ Bissett. Our Patreon and website manager is Holly Todd, and thanks for chatting about books with us. I guess listening to us chat about books, let's be real. Catch you next week. Bye! Bye!